We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Friday edition the tailgate. My name is Chris Plank. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, if you would, please, at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And if you happen to go through iTunes, like I know a majority of you do, make sure that you're subscribed to the Sooner Sports Podcast that says Powered by Learfield on the logo. I was just wanting to clarify that right off the top today. Got a pretty busy show for you today. We'll go across enemy lines. Brian Haney, play-by-play voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, sits down with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, and we'll hear from Kenneth Murray, Marquise Brown, and Kyler Murray, which is where we start as we get set for the home finale. The Sooners look to wrap up the regular season 7-0 and at home. It's only happened twice before in the school history. And as we tape this, as we knock this out late on a Thursday night, the Heisman push has officially kicked off. Check out KylerKnows.com. Now, if you were... Uh, maybe out with family or maybe at an event on Thursday night. This all started with Kyler Murray. I, I I don't have Snapchat, so I saw it on Instagram. I saw it on Twitter. The iconic picture of Bo Jackson from a Nike ad in the shoulder pads with the bat behind his neck, kind of has his arms draped over the bat, and then wearing his football pants as well. Kyler recreated it, and it is awesome. And it's not only something that started as just a a social media fad, but it was the official launch to Oklahoma's push 
for Kyler Murray to be considered for the Heisman Trophy, which would give Oklahoma back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners, which has never happened in the history of the Heisman Trophy. I just have been perusing around it as we get set to tape tonight. There's some incredible numbers on here that I didn't even know. Like For instance, this is the, the first thing you see when you click on notes and numbers at KylerKnows.com. No FBS player has ever averaged at least 300 yards passing and at least 60 yards rushing per game for an entire season. Kyler Murray is there right now at 303.8 passing and 64 yards rushing. And Murray has thrown a touchdown on 13% of his passes this season. The single season FBS record is 11.6%. And as I was going through our pregame show, which by the way will be on the air at 4:30 on Saturday night to get you ready for Oklahoma and Kansas, I was I was blown away by this number. Um, as his Heisman push is underway, he has thrown at least three touchdown passes in eight of ten contests. He had his school and Big 12 record streak of eight games with at least three touchdown passes snapped against Oklahoma State on Saturday, but still has 21 touchdown passes over his last six games. So do yourself a favor. It's well worth it. Check out KylerKnows.com. And we caught up with QB1 on Monday of this week and asked him what he thought looking back on the Bedlam game. Uh, I feel good about it. I think the offense played well. Um, as a group, you know, O-line blocked well. Obviously, rushed for 300-plus I mean, yards. Uh, running backs ran the ball really well. And receivers did, you know, what they usually do. Uh, so as a team, I think, you know, there's obviously some areas we need to get better at. And we'll, we'll clean that up this week and get back after it Saturday. Speaking of cleaning that up, where, where do you fit in on the leadership side of that to help build up the defense, to help keep guys up? Uh, just you know, keeping a positive mindset throughout the you know everybody, everybody's gonna say this or that about the defense or whatever it is, but you know it's one band, one band of brothers, and we gotta keep it together, and we just gotta keep pushing forward. That's all it is. I know you don't care too much about the Heisman Trophy talk and, and different conversations like that, but how do you keep that in the back of your mind? How do you keep team first whenever everyone's talking about Kyler Murray Heisman Trophy candidate? No, don't get. It. I mean, I would love to win the Heisman. <laughs> That's a, that'd be a dream come true. But I mean, for me, it's. I can't win that unless, you know, I got the guys with me that, you know, are helping me do what I'm doing. Um, you know, catching balls, uh, running running routes, uh, running the rock, blocking for me, uh, all that type of stuff. So for me, it's always team first. Um, you know, if I do my job, you know, I'll end up where I want to be as far as, you know, individual goals. Just say, uh, and Saturday's senior day, obviously you're not a senior, but uh, the future, obviously there's, there's some opportunities there for you. But everything you've been through, man, when you came here, Baker gets the extra year. Yeah. You change positions in baseball. You your coach retires. One coach moves on. You've gone through a lot of change. How rewarding has it been for you, though? I have, but I mean, I, I think there's just so, been so much for me, just as, as far as you know, growing up here in Norman. Um, you know, I'm kind of it's kind of been you know second home for me. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I couldn't really ask for much more, honestly, as far as uh, you know, everything from baseball to football to sitting out. Obviously, you know, that's tough on you. Uh, the competitor I am, I love to play the game, no matter what it is. Uh, but, you know, I think it's all worked out. So everything happens for a reason. You know, Toby and I have laughed a little bit about the end of that interview whenever Kyler said, oh, no, 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 I, I, I think about winning the Heisman Trophy, and I think that's, uh, that's pretty cool. He'll have an opportunity to do some big things on Saturday, and then obviously all our attention focuses to Friday. A lot of the attention on offense has been focused on that ankle of Marquise Brown. Caught up with Hollywood and asked him if he's 100% yet. Uh, not yet. You know, 
<laughs> Gotta see how this week going and, you know, keep going day by day with my treatment. You personally, though, you haven't stepped back. You've kept grinding. You kept pushing. You don't want to be out of the game. What's that mentality been like? What kind of put that in your head that you're not going to come out of this game? You're going to keep fighting. Uh, I think it's just what all I've been through. And, you know, with all the work I put in to get here and, you know, everyone to miss out on opportunities, you know, to be out there with your teammates in front of, you know, the fans and, you know, the coaches, you know, they all put a lot of, you know, stuff to happen for you to get here. So once you're here, you know, if you can play, you should try your best to play. I love it, man. Take me. Th- I'm gonna, I want you to take me through two plays. First of all, the big touchdown catch when you broke free from the defensive back. What would you see? What about that throw from Kyler? Uh, that was all Kyler, you know. He checked, he checked that route, so... You know, all I had to do is, you know, luckily they had only one defender out there. <laughs> all I had to do is beat him. And then on the third down conversion, little crossing route, and you split two defenders. Take me through what you saw there and how you were able to split that tackle. Uh, it's just a, a play that we always run, you know, and Kyler went through the reads. I was that read, and I knew, you know, it, it was a critical down, and I, I knew I had to make something happen. And, you know, I kind of changed speeds a little bit, and, kind of cut off my ankle and it surprised me a little bit that I was able to do that so you know I just try to make a play yeah I was gonna say not 100% but you looked it on that play hey what does it mean to you to be a Blitnikoff semifinalist I know that you have a lot of respect for that award you watch Didi but what, what what does this mean to you right now uh right now it's like one thing you you can't really think about but you know it's it's good being recognized as you know semifinalist but you know, we have bigger goals ahead, and that's something that if it happens, it happens. Not going to worry about the individual awards, but you guys are having a lot of fun out there. Can you kind of take us through what that receiver room is like and CD's having success, you're having success, some of the young guys that are coming along? Uh, it's very fun, very competitive, and, you know, we, we, we're very critical on each other. So, you know, we, we, we compete a lot, and it's just fun to have those guys, you know, in the room that can make plays. That confidence level you have in Kyler right now, can you begin to even quantify it, to put it into words how confident you guys are in that in that dude back there? Yeah, I can't put it in words. Like I know, I know, he 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 can make it happen. Speaking of making it happen, C.D. Lamb's made it happen this year. What have you seen from him and his growth as he continues, like you, to become a complete receiver? C.D.'s just you know he comes out every every day and works and competes and practice and it's just paying off in the game. You know he's definitely a complete receiver. Like I don't see nothing that he can't do. As are you. The blocking, it's a big deal. How much fun are you having blocking downfield, helping open it up holes for guys like Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks? I, that's probably the funniest thing that, that we do is, is the downfield blocking because, you know, once we do it, we got to talk about it and show it on film. It, it's very cool to watch. By the way, big week for Hollywood as he was named a semifinalist for the Bolitnikoff Award. Of course, we had a chance to talk about that on Tuesday's edition of Game plan. Now, we wrap things up with our player conversations. Uh, It's been kind of a rough week in the media for the Sooner defense, and we caught up with sophomore captain Kenneth Murray and asked him what he thought looking back on the tape of the win over Oklahoma State in Bedlam. Um, Pretty good. I mean, I feel like obviously in some areas we need to improve, um, especially, you know, our pass defense, stuff like that. But overall, you know, know, when you look at the tape, you know, I see a group of kids that go out there and fight no matter what. So that's what I was pretty much proud of for the most part. It's just the way that, you know, the guys came together no matter good or bad, you know, continue to fight and we end up getting the win. So that's all that matters. 
Take us through what that's like on the sideline, what that looks like whenever another team's having success. And you got to keep people up. You just can't drop your head and make massive changes. You got to stay with it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, definitely, you know, some big, big things that happened throughout the game. And, you know, I was really big on my part, just, you know, remaining, remaining, you know, poised and remaining calm, you know, and letting guys know that, you know, it's not over, continue to fight and just continue to fight. And as long as we keep doing that, you know, we still got a shot. So, you know, that's really what, um, you know, I was telling guys on the sideline and, you know, what I told, you know, a couple of guys after, you know, some bad stuff happened, you know, just stay up, you know, just keep fighting, you know, good things that happen. For you personally, did you feel good compared to the way you felt last week after the game at Lubbock? You always feel good, but for your personal performance on Saturday against OSU. Uh, I felt pretty good. I mean, I feel like, you know, we, we, we can control the run um, pretty good. I feel like it could have been a little bit better in um, pass drops and stuff like that. But overall, I felt like it was a, a pretty good day. Overall, you know, obviously you can do better. It's a lot of areas that I can, you know, I feel like I can improve. Um, little areas, stuff like that, that, you know, that I focus on. But um, I felt like it was pretty good. And, you know, I just got to build on those areas that I can improve in, you know, get to where I want to be. You bragged on the defensive line all year long. Seemed like they had a big game on Saturday. I know Neville got a little dinged up late, but it seemed like he was a big-time difference maker through most of the game Saturday. Yeah, for sure. And those guys, man, they, they just controlled the line of scrimmage up front, was able to, you know, control the run game, you know, not let them have, you know, huge runs and stuff like that. And it made it easy for me just to fill gaps and go downhill and, you know, fly downhill and find the back and, you know, get get the ball carry on the ground. So, you know, those guys, they play a huge part, and, you know, they got some pressure and stuff like that. So they definitely, you know, played their butts off on Saturday. You and Curtis put a lot of this on yourself. So what does that look like now going forward to continue to improve for this defense? Um, yeah, you know, a lot of it is on us, me and him, you know, as, as the leaders, you know, you know, we, we take a lot of pride in, you know, the way that we play and stuff like that. So, you know, just, you know, staying positive, you know, building guys up and, you know, just going out there, you know, focus on what we need to improve on, focus on what we can't control um, and just going out there and getting better. You know, we will get better as a group. You know, it was nice to see 19 back out there making plays. How big was that for Caleb and his confidence? Yeah, it was real big. You know, getting him, you know, getting a start and getting out there to get back on the field with us, you know, it was big for him. You know, as a guy that can, that can ball. And so he came out there and did his thing on Saturday. Kansas has struggled, obviously, but can you take us through the importance of taking it game by game and not trying to look ahead to the big game against West Virginia? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, definitely, you know, got to take it week by week. And, you know, Kansas is, you know, they've struggled, but, you know, you don't want to take nobody lightly. You don't want to take nobody lightly. And you don't want, you know, them to sneak up on anybody. So, um, you know, it's still, you know, a team with players that got kids on scholarship. So, you know, they still got some competition. So we still got to go go out there and take care of, you know, our jobs. The Sooners stayed at number six for the second straight week in the third playoff ranking. In fact, it was the first time in the short history of the playoff rankings that the top 10 was unchanged. Oklahoma, Kansas, Saturday night, 630. Let's go more in-depth on the Jayhawks. Toby Rowland takes over. He caught up with the play-by-play -play voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney. And we start with a very touchy topic, I would imagine. They've already announced that David Beatty's not coming back next year as their head coach. So we asked Brian just what the atmosphere has been like and how kind of different it's been knowing that you're watching a coach and David Beatty who's not going to be back next year. It's a little unique, and yet Beatty's done everything he can to make it have some normalcy still we just had our last hawk talk coaches show last night and it was emotional obviously but you know what he's still getting these guys up each and every week he's still getting them focused and it looks to me like a team that's not just playing out the string under a lame duck head coach but you know it's fighting for themselves fighting for how this not just tenure of the coaching staff will be remembered but how this senior class will be remembered and so yeah, it, it looks bad when it's backloaded with Oklahoma and Texas at the end of your schedule. And a lot of folks wonder, okay, you lost to K-State. Was that the last gasp? Will they have anything left these last two weeks? 
I think they will fight hard. That's one thing David Beatty's teams, no matter what you think of him and his four years here and the six wins over four years that he was able to muster, that's one thing that everybody has to agree on. They've fought hard and played some of their best football at the end of some of these years, even the years where they finished 1-11 and and 2-10. and Some of the biggest moments came late, and so he's always had his guys able to compete uh, regardless of whether or not the season was at that point considered a lost cause. So I think, you know, give the head coach a lot of credit. It is a unique set of circumstances to still be coaching it out while the AD is flying around the country trying to name his replacement. And yet uh, I think it's also a credit to 25 seniors, several of which are fifth-year guys, long in the tooth, high on talent like Joe Deneen, who could be a first-team All-American, Daniel Wise, who I think is probably a fourth-round NFL draft pick. You've got some guys that aren't going to mail it in, and I think that certainly bodes well for Kansas in being competitive these last two weeks. I'm not going to ask you who you think they should hire, but do you have an opinion on what kind of a coach could have success there? Well, I think whoever the next coach is is going to inherit a better situation because here in the next two or three months, they'll finish their indoor facility, which they did not have one of. You talk about keeping up with the Joneses. I mean, they had an archaic indoor shared with track on the other side of the campus that they never used. Now you've got a football-only indoor facility that will be built before the spring game is finished, and with that, a much better recruiting tool than what they've had. Two years ago, they finished the locker rooms, and David Beatty at the time said he thought they had one of the top five locker room setups in college football. I don't know if that's true, but the point is it's a much better situation for facilities. And then the one thing that's different uh, from this AD's approach to the last, Jeff Long, our new head Hawks, said, you know what, this $350 million stadium capital campaign, it's important but I would rather allocate any resources we're raising right now in hiring the best coaches and the most support staff. And once we fix it on the field, if you build it, they will come. Then we'll start to put our attention toward fixing the stadium. And so I think you know, whoever the next coach is, he's going to be equipped with more assistance around him in terms of support staff. He's going to have better recruiting facilities and, and all of that to, to help recruit good players here. And in terms of the attributes he's got to have, I, I think you do need to have a guy with head coaching experience. Uh, the, the last hire with David Beatty proved to be one that at times you, you wished you had somebody that was a little bit deeper into his career with, with more on the resume in terms of head coaching. But you know, beyond that, I, I think uh, it's going to come down to who does Jeff Long have the most trust and, and the, uh, the best rapport with. And clearly there's a lot of momentum for the Les Miles talk. Given the 10 years that those two had together at Michigan and some of the times their paths crossed in SEC country, and I think uh, there is some smoke to that fire, and, and we'll see if indeed something happens this week or, or relatively soon in that regard. If not, there's a myriad of other options, but I think the common denominator is, Toby, they all have some head coaching experience. They're not going to take a chance on a guy that's just a coordinator, or in Beatty's case, he was a position coach at Texas A&M at the time. I, I think they want somebody that's definitely got that head coaching experience. I'm rooting for Les Miles for all of us and for you. I mean, your job would be fantastic if you got to uh, do Les Miles <laughs> coaches shows. So I know you can't say anything, but uh, I'm rooting for Les Miles to get the job. Three wins. You got the Big 12 win over TCU. I said off the top, I think everyone agrees Kansas is better this year. I know Lincoln feels that way. He said that last night at his coaches show. Uh, do you agree with that? And if so, how? 
100% agree with that. They should have won the K-State game. Couldn't take advantage of a lot of chances early. They should have been up 14 nothing at the half. and You had that sinking feeling it was going to come back to bite them, and it did. But this defense, Toby, has played well enough to win nine out of the ten games. Now, none of those ten have featured Kyler Murray on the field, so that may be a different story. But the defense is really good. And we felt all along in the preseason they could have a top half of the league caliber defense. And gosh, for the first seven, eight weeks, they were leading the nation in takeaways and turnover margin, and that's waned off a little bit last couple of weeks. They haven't been as opportunistic. But uh, with the exception of the Oklahoma State game, they have played well enough to beat anybody. And there have been a lot of struggles offensively that have kept Kansas out of the winner's circle and really put more pressure on the defense based on the offense's inability to move the ball or score. And, you know, you go back to midseason, they fired the offensive coordinator, Doug Meacham, whom I know you guys watched closely when he was at TCU. Then David Beatty takes over the play calling. And for one week versus TCU, it looked pretty good. Uh, but then, obviously, the struggles came back up. And I thought last week at K-State, there were times when the offense looked pretty good, but it was a bitterly cold day, low 20s, game time temperature of 22 degrees, and there were some plays that just weren't made that you could probably attribute to the wind or the cold or something like that. But bottom line is the offense hasn't pulled the rope uh, as hard as the defense and special teams have. Special teams have been improved this year. Kenny Perry took over as a special teams coach, and uh, we've seen a lot of improvement there in the coverage units, in the kicking game, in the punting game, all of that. It's just kind of been a weak link offensively. And I say that, and you're going to see a guy on the field on Saturday night that, that could play for anybody in our league, and Puka Williams. I'm sure Lincoln's talked about him. He's a special, special talent that KU somehow got out of the boot down there in Louisiana when just about everybody wanted him, including LSU. And he's a special, dynamic playmaker, unlike I'm sure I've seen at Kansas in my entire lifetime. And I hate those best ever type labels. I think we as sportscasters have a little bit too much hyperbole sometimes. But really, I haven't seen one that can do some of the things he can do, stopping on a dime, reversing field. I'm sure you get guys like this once every you know four or five years down there at Oklahoma, but maybe not. I mean, I think back to some of those scat backs you guys have had over the years and all that. He's cut from a special cloth, pretty unique, and I think you'll be impressed with him. And even with opponent defenses stacking the box eight or nine deep the last few weeks to stop and they found ways to get in the ball, they just haven't had that breakthrough consistent offensive attack. It's it's really been in spurts, you know, maybe one drive each half. And as you well know, in this league, having just called a 48-47 game last week, you know, scoring a couple of times each half, they've got to cut it. What's your uh, early impression of Bill Self's team? Really good and better than I thought they'd be. Because you know, the thing that Self's had the last couple of years has been that 23-year-old veteran All-American point guard. Two years ago, it was Frank Mason, who was the National Player of the Year. Last year, Devontae Graham, first-team All-American. And we were really worried heading into Michigan State, a top-ten team in the opener, that how's this 18-year-old going to do, Devon Dotson? Yes, he's a Mickey D's All-American, but, man, you know he didn't have any hair on his chest yet. He, he needs a game like this to prove he can do it. And sure enough, uh, he was amazing, and Quentin Grimes was amazing. Grimes is their highest-rated recruit. He's a consensus number eight overall player. Those two in the Champions Classic combined for 37 points on 60% threes and 50% from the floor. Uh, they were terrific, and you can't count on that every night, obviously, but it helped kind of answer the question of will they be okay when you lose a backcourt that had Graham, Mikhailuk, and Malik Newman 
Uh, obviously, there's going to be some growing pains, but I think that they're better there than we thought. And then on Monday night, get this, with Gerald Vick, who was off the team for a couple of months in the spring, then comes back, he goes 8-for-8 eight eight from three, the most prolific three-point shooting line we've ever seen at Kansas. Maybe Buddy Heald had one like that. I don't know. But the record at Kansas prior to that, I don't know about that. Makes without a miss from three, was 6-for-6. Six six. He goes 8-for-8. And so you, you couple that with Diedrich Lawson, a preseason first-team All-American, Yudoka Azabuki, who anytime he catches it on the block, you can't stop the guy unless you poke a doke like Lon Kruger did. I mean, it, it is going to be a special, special year. And dare I say, maybe they're more equipped to win a title this year than they were last year, even when they had all that veteran guard talent. Good stuff from Toby. Good stuff from Brian Haney. Thank you for listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Hey, don't forget, we have two now post-game podcasts, not only the Bud Light post-game show with the thoughts of Teddy, Rufus, Coach, Gabe, Toby, myself, all available as soon as the game wraps up at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And then we've added the press conference pod, which is simply Lincoln, uh, Ruffin McNeil, and Maybe a player or two that Jessica Cootie catches up with. That's all available at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. It's been a fun week. Let's play some football. Final home game at the Palace coming up on Saturday. We'll be on the air at 4.30 with the pregame, 6.30 with the kick. Until then, have a great week. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.